Chrissy here from CS2. I'm also here with Charlie. Hello, thanks for having me back. It's been a while. Yeah, and we have some special episodes for you all, what that we're calling um, our rewinds. So Very we're clever. <laughs> instead of fast forwarding, we're rewinding back and we're taking some older episodes and giving some commentary on them and then letting you listen to them. Um, we've had a lot of new listeners join us, so it's just a way for you to catch up on some of our past episodes that we feel like really hit the nail on, you know, on some of those topics, but maybe missed out on some things that we've learned since then. So yeah, always growing, always learning. So it's good to go back and see what we were thinking a while back. Yeah. So um, today's episode that we're rewinding is how to win over the CMO. And we went through five ways to win over the CMO. And um, I think still a very um, important topic. CMO tenure continues to shorten um, this was filmed in June, 2020 and, you know, in almost the two years since we filmed it, it's just the expectations of CMOs and marketing teams have you know, just heightened, um, just with all the uncertainty in the market, but also, you know, really big, um, valuations. And so, um, just want to talk through how marketing ops specifically or operators, um, in general can support their CMO. So, yeah. Do so you want... first off, what was your take of of that podcast? I mean, I I think listening to it now is actually pretty happy. Like, I think that mm-hmm. all of the tips that we gave, like, still pretty much resonate still today, um, which is nice when you go back and you listen to something, you're like, yeah, I, li- I like that. That was good. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't uh, bad. Um, yeah. I definitely, uh, if you go back and watch the video, I know this, this podcast, us doing the rewind isn't going to be a video, but the video, I, def- I remember back when we started doing the podcast and our setup for kind of camera, um, lighting, all of that was a bit, yeah, left a little bit to be desired, <laughs> like very bleached faces with just that natural light coming through the window. Yeah. I remember that annoying me so much at the time. And I know we're not in our usual podcast studio now, looking forward to our next one. But um, yeah, we definitely found a few upgrades along the way. Yeah, totally. Been from tech and everything, but you got to start somewhere. And yeah. I think that's a good thing for folks and marketers is like start start with the basics and then continue to add on. So yeah, um, get yeah. So I think the the first um, tip that we talked about was all the first two were all about like data and mm-hmm. reporting, which is not a shocker because that's what CMOS look for. Um, so. I think that um, the first thing we talk is about keeping the data accurate and and creating a data structure that they trust. And I don't think there's really anything more to add on to that. I think it that's still right. Mm-hmm. I think um, though what I would say to marketers is there's always a need for more data. And so you need to prioritize like where you're spending your time with like, what data is actually going to be used and what's important. Otherwise, you'll just go crazy, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I think one upgrade to what we were saying um, is around really thinking through your analytics framework and data dictionary. Because I think yeah. a lot of what we were talking about was like, oh, you need to make your, make sure your UTMs are tracked properly, data is syncing, you kind of thought through your process and any automation and the, the data is an incredible you have integrity in your data it's accurate etc um and that you can have you know 
some of your data in a good state mm -hmm. but like a lot of times you know a lot of these companies you're going to have multiple fields for the same thing and it's confusing and the field that you're using that might be perfect and the data is like 100% clean and accurate might not be the field your CMO is using. So once you have that data dictionary and you've really highlighted, you know, these are the primary variables that we're using to be able to slice and dice our data. And this is why, you know, there is a lot of integrity in this data set and we're going to use this going forward. That just builds trust and um, it makes sure everyone's on the same page. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and then I think the follow-up to that was <clears throat> around providing the insights or the structure so that CMO can gather their insights, but also help them tell a story. And so yeah. that might be being proactive and helping draw those insights like for them. And you're so close to the data that you can probably do that better and really partner with the CMO. I, I totally agree with this. And I, but I think that also one thing that you know, for listeners of this podcast has come up a lot, especially when it comes to attribution data and things like that is I think we also need to use this as a time to educate ourselves and also the CMO on what we can't track perfectly yeah. or what's maybe missing from the story and what we maybe are seeing, but is actually showing that something else might be happening and not taking this data as gospel um, this, these reports are not revenue, like black and white reports. These are reports that are drawing insights and have a model behind them and not all models are perfect. So, um, no, no models, are no perfect. models are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think we definitely, you know, we, in the podcast, we focused a lot on, um, telling that story and we definitely, we, we, we should have taught, well, now, you know, with a bit more experience and etc you know there's definitely that extra piece it's like you're you there's the story that you can tell from the data that you're looking at yeah and there's there's the story that you can tell from just being well educated about more than just the numbers on the screen yeah um but also what you're not able to track what you are able to track the the, the abilities of whatever tooling you have and, and the the lack of abilities of some of the tooling you have and that's a really important conversation to have with your CMO again, because if they're going into the boardroom and saying X caused Y, you know, this campaign did this and, you know, it didn't really, or, or they, they start to kind of question things or the board starts to look at what they're really providing and saying that, you know, it doesn't make sense or something, then that could really kind of ripple down all the way to you and make, make you look bad. Right. So like Bye. you need to give them that extra context um, outside of the data and make sure that you know all of the pros and cons and the abilities and and issues totally and maybe just like talk to them like what should we do to combat this like yeah. should we try and get more data from the prospect themselves and how they heard about us and those are all things that are just going to help improve the marketing so i think for the cmo when they're talking to the board you know it's really focusing on the revenue still that's the same number that sales is going to be presenting right but then the story around how we're really influencing that revenue not how we should get credit for all of that revenue so and then what you know experiments or new things that you've done from a marketing perspective that's boosting you know your cost of acquisition might be going down because of brand and so forth and those are all things that you can speak articulately to without you know being caught up in some of the things that like are not directly on a dashboard you mm -hmm. know so what do you think of so one of the next part we talked about tech stack and 
considered growth of, of your tech stack and really focusing on goals. Um, I felt like pretty much we summed it up. Yeah. You know, whoever listens to it, um, tell us if there's anything that you think we missed back in 2020, but anything you think that we we should have included in that? No, but I, I think the only thing that I think is truly going to also combat that is ensuring that marketing ops is that um, that first team that is part of that strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and selecting a tool is just as important as like having a strategy in place that it, where it's needed. So I think having a putting for most people putting in a process to say, okay, why do we need this tool? What strategies it can support? What is even going to be the strategy for how we use the tool? Because a tool can be used in different ways. And so being the team that really drives that before even any signature, you know, is put down, I think is super important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that can be tough because a lot of times CMO comes in, wants to text up the head before <laughs> or, you know, VP of demand gen or whatever. Uh. Um, and I guess the the only way that you can really try and combat that is just through education. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who aren't really involved in the day-to-day ops, they think that you can add a new tool and it's actually going to reduce the work off, off the team. But actually, every new tool kind of exponentially increases the amount of work for your ops team. So you need to make sure everyone is aware of the of how realistic or unrealistic it is to be able to add a lot more tech with the current team size that you have. Yeah. Um, so that's more of just an educational piece that needs to be well thought through. Yep. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The next one was um, all around campaign ops. Mm. Mm-hmm. making sure you have a good process so at scale. And I think in the podcast, we said something along the lines of, never met a CMO who wanted to do less programs, <laughs> <laughs> um, which which I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with. Um, anything anything you would add or any context or, or thoughts around that one? I think it's uh, just finding the right model for you is, for your team as well is important and being realistic around what can be done. And sometimes that means outsourcing. I think if you have one MOPS person, you need to let your CMO know that like trying to handle all the campaigns and driving initiatives is going to be impossible. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) having maybe even like a hybrid model or self-serve model or bringing in resources or hires will, um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. One thing we talk about a lot is how campaign operations and, uh, there's so many terms for the other parts of marketing operations, whether it's like platform operations or mm-hmm. um, your core marketing ops team that's delivering more on the projects and, you know, how managing your tech stack, the process of team enablement, et cetera. Those two, if, however you want to separate that, but like separating the campaign execution piece, campaign execution is a very different muscle and work style than the other side. And campaign execution requires, you know, kind of being always on. It's a bit more reactionary because you're reacting to the new campaigns coming through. Of course, you're always trying to get insight into the campaign plan and stuff like that. But you're helping the team kind of daily working, getting getting things out the door. Whereas the the core mops side that are working on the bigger projects, they're ideally working off, you know, a six to 12 month plan of your roadmap to go through and really build out what you need to build to help the company grow. Yeah. Um, and those two things are very different. So if 
that's this is why the mops team of one is kind of always set up in a difficult way because if they're handling both of those things yeah. you're being pulled in a million directions by campaign x while you're trying to do your deep work on some of this bigger projects and you just uh, the campaign x just always, always seems takes. to take over yeah always it's really does. tough and then you end up having to deprioritize the other stuff because you know this email needs a change or you know there was an issue with the list or something like that just like gets in the way like how can you work on this huge project like multi month project when you're trying to deal with that so or how can why... you be strategic yeah. no time to be strategic really totally so so the last one was all about um, focusing on goals and prioritization uh i f- i feel like we both kind of acknowledged <laughs> there was a uh, something that we would like to include in this yeah we we for somehow did not mention a roadmap which, <laughs> which is crazy maybe it just didn't enter our vocabulary until like right after that but um, since then we've done various podcasts on why it's important to have a roadmap. We've done lean data sessions, and really that's going to be the key to ensuring that your projects roll up to the marketing objectives, the company objectives, and your way to focus on key priorities. So, so I had a look, so this was recorded in, in June, right? The first podcast we did on a roadmap was in October that year. So okay. So we're close. A few months, but- <laughs> And I think we did the lean data uh, session that year too, and called it include roadmap. So yeah, so I mean, everyone go back and listen to those um, podcasts around roadmap. We have one with Nick Bonfiglio from Syncery, um, and also one with um, Justin, yeah, Justin Norris, um, which highly suggests. So we've done some just for ourselves too. So yeah, like you'll you'll be bored of roadmaps by the time you (laughs) (laughs) all of our podcasts on roadmaps. Okay, well, I feel like, you know, this one was a solid one. I definitely, you know, we're going to roll into the full episode now. So, um, you know, take what we said, augment that, and let us know your thoughts. But enjoy this rewind of five ways to win over your scene. All right, episode two of our short little mini series that we're doing five ways that marketing ops can win over dot 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 so last week we did uh sales how five ways to win over the sales team and today's episode we actually wanted to cover how to win over the cmo um Mm -hmm. you may not have a cmo at your company basically the um, head of marketing and so five things that marketing ops can really do to um, impress their CMO or head of marketing and, and just really be their main support. You can be such a great ally to them and, uh, you know, such a valuable resource, which is why this role is so awesome, especially in this time where, you know, we all want some level of job security. So, um, yeah, so I'll kick it off with Mm -hmm. the first one. Um, so I think we say this a lot, but you know, really to elevate your role, but also to win over the CMO, make reporting and data a priority. And so I think even from the start, it's important to put in the foundational data structure um, that's going to support the the request of (laughs) reporting that's bound to come from your CMO. So making sure that foundational framework is there. So that's like your campaign tracking, all of your campaigns tracked effectively in your market automation and your CRM system. 
um, making sure any lead source or referral source attribution is set up. A lot of that's tied into UTM tracking, which you'd be surprised it's not really set up effectively um, in a lot of organizations. Um, and then also just location, persona tracking, because a lot of the um, other types of reporting they'll ask for is, you know, how uh, how well they're able to, um, you know, gather leads or opportunities from certain um, regional segments, but also their key buyers. Um, so that's another place to focus on when it comes to data. And really the the next thing as far as like the foundations, but also just making sure that your data is clean and is syncing between your two systems properly. Um, this will ensure that when you do go to run any type of reporting and data, it's actually where you need it. And you're not just always trying to kind of you know, firefight or figure out um, how to get the two systems um, in alignment with each other. Yeah, and we've definitely worked with some clients in the past where the CMO hasn't trusted the data. Yeah. And it can cause a lot of stress for the marketing ops and marketing team in general. So making sure that you're able to really believe that the data is right, helps you sleep at night, helps them be able to trust the data and really just smooth that relationship. Yeah. And one thing that can support what foundation you want to uphold or the the data that you actually need to acquire and make sure is in place um, is actually just meeting with your CMO, determining what type of reporting they want to see, and then building out your framework from there and your dashboards. And I think that segues into the, the next way that you can win over your CMO. Yeah, so it's not good enough just to provide just raw data where you personally, as the marketing operations person, you haven't thought about it as well. And you really need to think about what insights can be drawn out of this data. You're not just there to send them reports, send them Excel files, send them Salesforce dashboards, send them whatever you're using, a BI tool or whatever. You need to really help them draw out the insights. They're busy. Um, they may not come from a data background. Obviously, a lot of CMOs come up through different ways through marketing. Mm -hmm. So you really have to help them draw out those insights. And even if they are able to draw out the insights, if you're, you're, you're a value add, you're adding mm -hmm. value to these reports and you're helping them there. Yeah, you're taking and that next step. Exactly. So that could be as simple as just pointing out something that you've noticed. Um, obviously, there's so many different insights that you can pull from data. But being able to critically analyze the data yourself to be able to draw out those insights is really, really important. And then on top of that, you, the data has to tell a story. So we're in marketing, we should be trying to tell stories because that's a really powerful way mm -hmm. to be able to help people understand what something means. And data can be very complex. There's lots of layers to it. And being able to tell that story as a marketer about what that data means and the story behind it is a really powerful way to get that message across. So the, some of the examples here is, is not just showing, okay, this is how many MQLs we got, or this is how many opportunities we got. Mm -hmm. We wanna be able to show the trend. So in its simplest form, there's a few different um, that kind of data, data formats that you can use, things like you know, volume data, you know, how many over time, things like conversion data, how the conversion rates improved over time. Um, things like velocity has the time from MQL to opportunity or opportunity to close or so marketing opportunity has gone down over time. So being able to show um, hopefully an improvement or even if something's been getting worse is a really powerful way to be able to help the CMO make decisions, right? Like if 
conversion rates are going down or velocity is it, the, the speed through the funnel is going up then you need to be able to course correct and be able to fix those problems um the other thing is like looking at data year over year so mm. instead of saying okay well last year we got you know this many marketing opportunities and this year we've got this many you need to be able to show kind of the seasonality and so instead maybe you would show this many in q1 last year versus this many in q1 like at the end of the q1 but once we finish q1 this many in q1 this year is there an improvement has it gone down mm-hmm. um and be able to show that story of improvement through different channels as well and maybe a bonus points if your cmo joined a year ago that's a great report to be able to show right like okay do you know what since you've joined cmo and since we've implemented all of these new strategies you've talked about we've seen this x this um x percentage of um improvement in marketing sourced opportunities like this q1 this year versus q1 last year or h1 last year versus h1 this year and then also have you started a new channel like virtual events recently how are virtual events what's the story there like have you seen better conversion rates from virtual event leads have they been converting into pipeline better have they been turning into bigger deals do you know what i mean like trying Mm -hmm. to really tell that story so you're not just providing data you're providing insight and your cmo is able to then talk to the rest of the business and just tell the story through data of how you've improved how you've um you know where you need to improve or where things you really need focus Totally. And I think if you're driving that conversation, you also can then have that history and you can be the oracle kind of of that source of data and that actually make it easier when you do start to see um, interesting things happen with the data or you do know historically, you know, summers might be lighter for you guys. You can then provide insight to the CMO to maybe like front and back, you know, stack your um your year with more events since the summers are slower so just simple things like that but you can be that central hub of that knowledge all right the next thing um so building a scalable but cost effective tech stack so your cmo owns the budget essentially you know for marketing and marketing ops and tech the technology you know sucks up a huge amount of that budget Um, so, you know, really focus on how you're going to use that budget when building up your tech stack, tech stack, because, you know, you can get trigger happy and so can your demand gen team. Everyone can find this like new tool that they want to use. Um, so the, the first thing is to focus on not just buying the next shiny object, but focus on what are the goals of the team? What is our budget? Also, what's your budget of tech to marketing spend? Because with marketing, you really want to be able to mm-hmm. scale your campaigns, run your campaigns. If you're buying all this these tools to help you essentially do marketing better or report on marketing, but you don't have any budget left over to actually do marketing, that doesn't make sense, right? So really plan for the future. But um, if you can, at a minimum, focus on what are some tools that are really going to help you build that foundation to do two things. And I always ask myself, does it support doing more marketing or more campaigns? Yes, then that's worth the money. Or can you tie the benefit of this tool directly to pipeline and revenue? Um, And that can be for like a tool that supports marketing or sales um, or like sales development. And a CMO will often support that if it's going to mean, you know, potentially more opportunities or revenue out of that. So um, when building out your tech stack, just know 
that you can add on later, but really focus on the things that are going to truly make a difference or um, run more campaigns like say like a direct mail um, tool. If you need to do that, that's going to help you scale something that takes a lot of time or to benefit um, pipeline or revenue. That could be something like investing in a um, chat tool or something that you can book meetings directly on your website because that's going to essentially maybe help you um, create more revenue. Yeah. And I guess the one other thing to think about as well is how painful is this going to be to take out at some point? And is it going to be not embarrassing, but is it going to look bad on me if we have mm. to take this out in a year? You see a lot of companies get trigger happy and then a year later you don't renew. And that's not a good look, no. right? I mean, obviously we want to be experimenting. We want to be trying new things. But if you start getting the reputation with your CMO that this, this guy or girl is just buying a load of tools and just using them for a bit and not and then getting rid of them after a year it that's not a very good rep and it might be harder to get that budget later when yeah. you actually do need a tool so. exactly you kind of cry and wolf a little bit there to, to get new tools yeah um and then kind of kind of leading leading on to that and obviously tools can can support this but you don't you don't it's not it's kind of tool agnostic and it's not really reliant on a specific tool but just making sure that you can support a high volume of campaigns. So tools come into that, but really it's around process, templatization and training. Mm -hmm. Because your CMO probably wants to really push the team to deliver on a lot of campaigns. I've, I haven't met a CMO <laughs> that's like, I don't wanna do that much this year. <laughs> so um, yes, obviously we, they, they're probably, there are some out there that wanna focus and, and keep their team focused, but the idea is always to have a lot of high quality campaigns and marketing activities, marketing initiatives. And if the reason why that you, that you can't deliver on the CMA's new you know, strategy or new tactics or new initiative is because your campaign execution process isn't able to support any additional campaigns, then that's again, not a very good look from the CMA. You need to be able to have that process nailed down you need to be able to have the, the rest of the marketing team trained where they need to be trained, depending on how your campaign execution process is set up, like whether marketing operations does it all, whether, whether the other team supports it or wherever that handover is. But being able to have that process seamless mm -hmm. and be able to have that wiggle room to be able to take on more is a really good way to impress your CMO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And they can um, partner with you on that as well. So it might even be meeting with your head of marketing or, you know, the VPs below them and really deciding on, you know, what's what's going to be our campaign planning structure? How can we support that? Because they're part of that whole plan. And then also then you can decide on what's going to be the templates for actually executing on the campaigns that the whole team can use. So. All right, last thing. So marketing ops can be really busy. You know, this is why we're doing this whole video um, series is because we support pretty much the whole business. So, but really, you know, when it comes to impressing your CMO, especially marketing ops related to marketing is prioritizing your team's work based on the marketing team's goals as well as the business goals. And usually the marketing goals are going to roll into the business goals. And, um, this will really help your team, you know, one, spend their time where it's going to be most effective. Um, but two, 
if you're working, if everything that you're reporting up to your CMO on like what you're doing for the business falls in line to their goals, you know, they're going to be really sure that you're really providing value and impact. And it makes it really easy then if a new initiative comes on board, if it doesn't support those goals, then you can deprioritize that. And if there's ever a question from your CMO, from maybe another group that gives them heat, hey, why didn't my project get approved? Well, you can always point back and say, you know, um, Mr. or Mrs. Um, XYZ, this didn't support our, our, you know, the marketing team's goals, which is why we didn't go with it. That's going to be an argument they can't really refuse. And um, so when coming up with um, how you prioritize the work, you know, always have it be supporting that because it can be so easy to get um, led astray with other projects or requests coming yeah. from so many different teams. Yeah, and we speak a lot of people to a lot of people in operations, and there's a very consistent theme um, where a lot of times you don't even you kind of get to the end of the month and you don't even know what you what you've worked on. Yeah, because you've been pulled in so many directions. You started one project, wasn't able to finish it because you got pulled in another direction. Um, so imagine CMO wants to have a meeting with the the person in marketing operations, you, and and they ask you what have you been working on the last month, and you just go, uh, uh, I mean, well, I kind of did you you can't really, really say. Yeah. Because you haven't gone through that process to really prioritize your team's work um, and make sure that there is that highly strategic, highly valuable work that's taking up your 80% of your time. And then you're dealing with all of these other requests in that 20% of your time. And then when you are, when you do have that conversation, you can be super confident. You can say, I worked on, you know, over the last quarter, I worked on these five big strategic projects and I got, you know, X amount of those across the line. This is the value they provided. This is why we did them. And I will say, you know, help support the team through all of these you know, minor tasks as well. Yeah. All right. So should we recap five ways? Yeah. So make reporting and data a priority, number one. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure that with that within that priority, you're pulling out the insights for your CMO and executive team. And you're able to tell that story and help them tell the story that they're going to be telling to the board and to the CEO. Uh, make sure that you're building a scalable and cost-effective tech stack mm -hmm. because you don't want to waste money. You've got to be providing ROI with that tech stack. You don't want to get the reputation for you know, getting new tools and, and never seeing them through. Making sure, the th a fourth one is making sure that you have a really seamless campaign execution process um, to be able to support a high amount, a high uh, volume of campaigns. And then the final one is making sure you're prioritizing your work and your team's work really in line with the business goals so you can prove your, your team value yeah. all the way up to the top. Totally. So that's five ways. You're probably maybe doing a bunch of them already, but five ways you can really win over the CMO and um, you know just, just further supporting how marketing ops can truly provide value to the business. So tune in for our next um, episode of this mini series. Uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah.